Hello, listeners. This is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is the 1970. On today's show, we will talk about PSG's first three friendlies back since the long coronavirus vacation. We will also talk about PSG's new 50th anniversary kits, which were also used today in the match against Celtic. Um, Also, Kylian Mbappe made some news during the halftime that we'll touch on, and we'll preview the two cup finals, the first being the Coupe de France against Saint-Étienne on Friday, and then the following Friday, the Coupe de la Ligue, the last Coupe de la Ligue final ever against OL. And to join me today is my co-host, my friend, PSG Talk Editor-in-Chief, Ed. How we doing tonight, buddy? We are doing good. I, like Mbappe, would also like to announce that I will be with PSG Talk for at least one more year. We'll see what happens after that. Yeah, you, you never know what the winds is winds of change might bring in life you know exactly yeah i got i'm waiting for that new contract to come down so we'll see what happens yeah um so yeah i don't know if we've had a chance to talk about the all of the matches over on the psg talking podcast i've kind of been able to give my thoughts on all three games and i'll kind of reiterate some of that but i I wanted to open it up to you because we haven't really had a chance so three impressive wins um not against the greatest opponents. I would think today was the most difficult opponent in Celtic, which uh, PSG won four nil. But you could, we'll just open it up to you. Break it down by game or maybe overall thoughts. But PSG didn't concede a goal. Like, how are you feeling after these three games? Well, when you win your first three uh, friendlies by a combined score of twenty to nothing, that's usually a good thing. <laughs> like, it's hard to really like pick it apart and. These three matches, I wasn't necessarily expecting all that much. I got more than I expected. Not a heck of a lot more than I expected. But I got more than I had expected. I think the front four look about as sharp as you'd want them to. Oh, my goodness. And And I don't think that's all that surprising. I think it is sort of easier to get that, you know, when you have that kind of talent and you have that kind of, uh, you know, Neymar and Mbappe have been playing with each other now for three years. Yeah. And, and I got to stop you. You said front four. I'm going to throw Sarabia in there as the front five because he's scored a couple goals that have been fantastic. Yeah, I think it. I think it's the front four and a half. Yeah, and okay. That's not, and that's not a knock on Sarabia. He's not any of those other four guys. We can get to him as we go. But I, I think that when you have that kind of connection now you're in the third fourth year now of these guys playing on the same team it and you sort of saw it with that first goal against celtic Mm -hmm. like these guys know what each other are gonna do this isn't you know this isn't uh we're not getting to know each other we (laughs) they know they know how to play and Di maria fits well on that he was a little quiet in the celtic game but he was great against lahav and I think it's a great sign to see that they're in sync and that they seem like they're ready to go. They knock on knock on wood. They look healthy. They look like they're in good shape. Icardi looks like he's in good shape. He's making good runs. He's getting in the box. And that's good. Mm-hmm. I think your midfield, I think they're just trying to get legs under these guys because it's, I think, harder to adapt to playing midfield. After that kind of long absence, so you've seen 
Barati play a half, Paredes play, Herrera play, and Gouillet play. I don't think it's really, um, you know, I don't think it's important who starts in these matches. I think it's more about just sort of getting all those guys equal minutes because that's going to be the rotation. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, I, I, I still think about it, they're not bringing in another guy to play midfield. I, because, that's your four-man rotation, and unless one of those guys gets hurt, you know that's a pretty good, solid four-man rotation. They're going to this four-two-four look, or this four-four-two look, depending on how you, you know, how how it's def- if you're playing offense or defense. So, I don't think you're going to get another midfielder coming in here. I think those are your four midfielders for two spots, and. Herrera's looked good in the time I've seen him out there. He's he's a solid, reliable guy. And I'm I think that these three games, if nothing else, sort of are showing that this team is well coached mm-hmm. because they look like a team that has been working well in training. They look like a team that's been uh revved up during the training. They don't look out of shape. They don't look like they're overly tired i mean i think there's a difference between being out of shape and sort of getting into game shape like you can see some of those defenders are still not quite in game shape yet yeah but you know there's again a difference between not being in 100 percent game shape and being out of shape and you don't have anyone out of shape they're all they're all in good condition so it's just a matter of playing these next three games and really getting into that rhythm and we'll kind of we can break this down even further, but I they start they start these halves really well. Like they're getting on top of teams early, and they got off they got on top of Celtic in the first minute, put them you know behind the eight ball. Then yeah. you had first the, few the seconds match, the Lahav match where you're just you're right away like just attacking the other, and that's how PSG when they're really clicking. That's how they that's how they play like you you can see it out of the box and they in these three games looked really solid out of the box and it's gonna be interesting in these cup matches we'll talk about it as we go Mm -hmm. but i think it'll be interesting to see how they look when they go full 90 because they have none of them have gone full 90 yet they got the 60 minutes in against uh that second division team from belgium so they, which was again, the, I those first two matches, I, you know, it was nice to see them come out hot, but again, it was more about getting their legs. Celtic looked like more of an actual match, and I think they've passed every test so far. So it's about continuing to pass those tests, and so far they're three for three. One hundred percent agree with a lot of what you were saying um, today. I thought the defense was. Not great at times. I think uh, Celtic had a couple chances off of set pieces, especially. A little worrisome there um, against that second-tier um, Belgium club, the Wasselin Beveren or whatever. You know, Icardi had those few Cavani-esque misses where you're just, like, pulling your hair out. But at least he's in the right position. But you're right. I mean, this team is getting on top of people from the opening whistle. I mean... You think back to the season and you think like, oh, it's only Le Havre. Oh, it's only this Belgium team, whatever. It's only Celtic. But, you know, when you look back at the season, you know, when they played, um, what was that team that they played in the uh, 
was it the Coupe de France, like Pau FC or something like that. And they only won that game 2-0. So, and then you look at all the league opponents and, you know, PSG don't always win 7-8-9-0. I mean, this looks like a team that has the right mentality. Like you said, they are extremely well coached. Everyone is fit. They're they're not taking these exhibition exhibition matches like they would maybe preseason the season before. They are taking these extremely seriously working to get back into rhythm, right? I think that's the most important thing. I think they're fit. They're just trying to get that rhythm. They're trying to get the, you know, see the ball hit the back of the net. Just get back into the, you know, just the the game, just the patterns of the game. They've been out for four months, and I think we have absolutely have seen that. Um, no one expected them to play three friendlies and, and shut them out and score as many goals as they have. Um, this team is in unbelievable form right now. And all that you see on Twitter is, oh, watch out for Atalanta, watch out for Atalanta. Well, how did they look You know, last weekend? Not so great. So PSG is doing everything that any supporter could ever ask of them. And we'll talk about it when we get to the cup finals. But I'm not too concerned about those two games. I think PSG are going to dominate. I think that they are just salivating. You know, they're like, you know, pit bulls just waiting to like be unleashed into a real game with a trophy on the line i mean the, these guys are just ready to go full throttle and i love it as a, from a supporter's uh, standpoint yeah yeah we'll see about that i i'm i'm still worried that they'll hit some sort of wall mm. physically at some point i don't think we're seeing signs of it but it it's going to be hard. And I don't think what they're doing is sort of, they're making it look easier than it is. hundred percent. Like I, I, I can guarantee you that probably since most of those guys were like four or five years old, they have never had four months completely off of organized football or playing in the street or whatever. Like this is the longest most of those guys have ever gone not playing football. Maybe Neymar with the injury last couple of years. Yeah, but, and I, I, I let me let me preface by saying discounting injury. Yeah. Because when you're injured, you're rehabbing. Sure. So it's like you're still trying to work your way back. You're still rehabbing. You're still four months of just no rehabbing, no, not even knowing if you're gonna play. For like two of those months, just not even knowing if you're when you're ever gonna like play again, it's a different dynamic. And you're seeing with these teams that actually finish their seasons, and this is where I think it is sort of interesting to see how this all plays out. It's sort of a, a weird experiment. <laughs> like these uh, these Premier League teams, these La Liga teams, they're kind of running out of some steam now. And they're going to need a little bit of time off to get themselves back for, you know, European football in August. And PSG just seemed to be ramping it up while the other teams are sort of have been playing now for a month, month and a half. It's going to be interesting. It's in it, Atlanta has another four matches or so. Yeah, they've got it. So they're going to be. What's going to be? They're going to be playing into August. Yeah. So like that's going to be really interesting. How they're going to be able to keep that form. And it, it does seem like they're starting to slow a little, too. I think they only beat the team they played today, like, 1-0, maybe. I don't even remember. I, oh, I, yeah. Last time I checked, it was like, it's not like they were blowing them out. So it, it's really unpredictable. 1-0. One, 1-0 one one nil they yeah. won today um, yeah. against uh, Bologna. Yeah. So Great. Great lunch all, meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
This is all sort of experimental. Yeah, that was that was that was good, Ed. That was a good joke. Um, it was all sort of ex- this is all sort of experimental. So I think what's helping PSG is that there's a focus right now. Like they know how many games they're gonna have to play. They know what they need to do. There seems to be a a, a focus on getting fit. It's not like a ten to twelve week build. It's like a you know, it ends up being like a six to eight week build. And I think they've gotten it right so far. We'll see how this goes. They're going to play, you know, they're going to play Saint-Etienne on two days rest. They only played about 45 minutes. So we'll see how long they can go on Friday. Let's see if they can get into the 80 minute mark. We'll see how they look. We'll see what their legs are like. We'll see if they jump ahead. Of, if it, What will be really be interesting is if they can't get on top of Saint-Étienne early and it's like nil-nil or they're down one in the second half, I'd really be curious to see if they can respond in that moment because that's when you really need to, you know, kick it into that gear. And we'll see if they have that gear quite yet. So a lot lot still needs to be sort of decided. A lot needs to be found out about this team. But – you can only judge what you've seen so far. And what I've seen so far is a focused team that seems to have an energy and an intensity when they're playing. I, they're trying to win the ball back. I think today they sort of, again, Celtic, they sort of decided to play a little defense. Mm-hmm. I think they could have gone worse on Celtic. I really do. I was not impressed with that Celtic team at all. Like, I thought they could have really, like, dominated if they wanted to. I think there was a bit of sort of, you know, let's play some defense here. Let's not kill our let's not kill ourselves here in this match. What is even the on. point of Celtic? I'm sorry to get off, but, like, what it, they play in a worse league than Ligue 1. They don't have, like, the financial muscle of a PSG to compete in Europe. Like, is that the most useless team in Europe? Like, and never, no, like, like no. what is the point of them? At least they win that league. There's like, if, you, if you're like Rangers or something in that league, you don't win anything, and you just lose to Celtic all the time. But why don't they just move to the Premier League or something? Like they, they no, they wouldn't. It's Scottish. It, I don't know. It's its own. It's its own thing. Scotland's kind of in the uh, UK. It kind of doesn't want to be. No, the problem with Celtic is they just don't have the athlete. They just they, they don't have the level of athlete that these other that these major European clubs have. They got a lot of guys who are good football players, but they're not great athletes. So it ends. you end up getting what you got today, which is like, you know, after the 30th minute or so, Neymar is just like, I can just do whatever I want. So, you know, let, let, I'm just going to have fun with it. He doesn't even have to, I, like, he, he's just trying stuff and, like, trying to drive on three guys. It's like, why not? There was, like, one guy on Twitter that was so angry calling Neymar all these names because he was just clowning the whole Celtic squad, just, like, dancing around the ball, and they just couldn't take it off of him. You, you just love to see it. Well, yeah, it's, it's just a, di- it's a different um, it's a different style of football. It's like you're stuck in a time warp <laughs> when you're watching a team like Celtic. But, you know, some people like that. I don't know who, but some, you know, that's football is the ultimate in subjective athletics. But it, it's like a worse version of PSG, though. Like, at least we have the hope of maybe we'll win the Champions League. Like, we have a really well, no, good we're shot. We're not even in the same, we're not even the same ball. Like, we're, we're way in a different, it's just a different thing. It, I mean, you know but, what I mean? Like, I mean, like, we'll, both of us will always win the league for the most part. 
Yeah, but the Scottish Premiership is not even close to league under quality. Oh, of course. Like, yeah, it, I'm just talking it, about in terms of like who's going to win it every year. You're always going to pick Celtic. You're always going to pick PSG. But at least we have the Champions League to really compete. They don't have that. They're just like stuck in this weird purgatory of winning your league but never being good enough for Champions League. And it's like every they're, year it's the same thing the over and over. It's a Groundhog Day. They're the Ukrainian league, or like the or the Roman like they're not they're not a top major European league, and that's okay. You, you're not you know not everyone has great football leagues. Not everyone is as good as France, Germany, Italy. That's why they're called the top five. Like, yeah, the talent goes to the leagues with the most money. But anywho, um, the I think the other interesting thing with these games is you get to see some of the younger players. Um, mm-hmm. I think I have a different view on Mitchell Bacher than most people. Apparently, I think people think he sucks. I I'm love him. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm leading the Mitchell Bacher fan club. I I just think he's 19 and he has real tools that he doesn't know how to use yet. Mm-hmm. So it's good that he's getting these minutes, especially you know. It looks like Kurzawa is going to start the Champions League match because I don't think they can get Bernard up to to, to minutes. Yeah, he's got a, a calf issue or something, right? Yeah, something like muscle soreness, it, it happens. But, you know, you can't rush him back. No. There's still no reason to rush him back. And, and I'm, f- I'm fine with Kurzawa. Yeah, I We can live with him. I think he'll be good enough for Atalanta. But um, it's just, I, I don't mind seeing Mitchell Bacher get minutes. Like, I think he's has something. There's a size to him. Like, he's a bigger dude. He can, I think he's a good enough passer at this level. He's not quite... He doesn't have quite the skill, you know, in the in the tight spaces. I think someone pointed that out to me on Twitter, and I'm like, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, but I, I'm like, it's, you know, he's not a waste. Of, like I've seen some real bad athletics in my life. Like Mitchell Bacher is not at that. He's not that. He's is, not just yeah. completely useless. Is he a left back or is he more of a center back? I feel like physically, I think he's a le- he's a left back. Yeah, okay. Because he's, he's he's too he's too left footed. I I don't think, I I think you have, you, I'd rather try to play him out there. Same thing with Kerr. Like Kerr is could could be a center back, but I think he'd be a mediocre center back. Like I think it's better to try to like develop him into being a really good right back as opposed to a really mediocre center back. And I think the same thing kind of goes for Bacher. It's like, do you want a mediocre center back or do you want a good left back? And then you have a guy like Dagba and, and Kurzau and Bernat who can, you know, they, I think they have a good mix of those positions. Like they're not the all-stars of the team, but when you, when you have Neymar, you don't really need to have good left and right backs. When you have Verratti, you don't really you you, you you have to do it in multiple ways. Like you look at Liverpool. Liverpool doesn't generate offense from their 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 midfield. They generate it from their fullbacks. Mm-hmm. PSG are the opposite. They generate it from their midfield and Neymar, who's essentially a third midfielder, like a, he's like a ten. Yeah. So he sort of works in that same way. So it's just a different way of doing it. So I don't ex- need to have all-world fullbacks if I have the ability to have Neymar and Mbappe who can do that sort of work. But, you know, I think Bakker's been okay. Um, Callum Wendo's an interesting... Yeah, very promising. Yeah. Again, I don't mean to be a a size snob. Not the biggest guy you'll ever see. Meaning he's probably not a center back. He's he's probably not a center forward. 
He's probably going to have to be a winger. And I said he reminded me of uh, Diaby, who went to yeah, Bayer Leverkusen. Bit. A little bit of Diaby. I think Diaby had a little more speed. I think this guy has a little more technique and mm-hmm. a little more... I think Calmundo has a better feel for like where to be than Diaby did. But, you know, it, it, I think he's worth keeping on the first team and giving minutes to. Yeah. You might see you some know, action because, in one of the cup finals, maybe. Yeah, he's got ta- he's 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 got something there. It's just you know, it's interesting because a lot with a lot of these wingers, you'll see it like they'll have a few good moments and then you bring them sometimes they just get lost in the game. Like you want those guys to be impactful more. Like I think that was always sort of Tim Way's problem mm-hmm. where he'd have his impactful moments, but then there'd be just too many times where he just stood on the side and just didn't know where to, didn't know how to make the runs the right way. Like, I think Cal Mundo's a little ahead of those guys and he can make the runs, but you know, we'll see. It's, it's, it's tough to develop those guys. And it's nice to see a guy like Kai's Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Who, again, it's hard to, it's hard to come into a game in the 75th minute and just as an, like a 17 year old and just start making plays. So it's just sort of about seeing how they, you know, you, you don't want those guys to look like they're being absorbed, you know, into the moment. You want them to look you want. How do I put this? I, I want to see those guys look like they belong. They look like they can function in the offense and they're not lost. Yeah. And Kais Ruiz doesn't look like he's lost. He looks like he knows basically where to be and what to do. Now it's just, you know, slowly getting him some minutes and seeing if there's places where he can fit into matches and it'll be the same thing when Xavi Simons comes mm-hmm. up at some point. Cause I'm assuming PSG are going to try to make that work. Well, that's what um, I think it was. Tyrone was asking like, why haven't we seen him in one of these friendlies? I mean, he's, he's the kid that everyone's looking to, you know, he's got the, the kind of the flamboyant hair. He's the one with like more Instagram followers than some of the first team players. I mean, he's the guy that people want to see. Why not bring him up? He looks like he's ready. I mean, he looks like a, grown man compared to where he came from he was kind of like a scrawny little kid now he's kind of beefed up a little bit yeah but it's hard i we always talk about this with the academy it's like where do these guys get minutes like here's the here's the problem and i know we're getting a little off the the topic here but i'll try to tie this back in it's like if you're if you're an academy player for a team that its fan base expects them to win every match seven to nil that's not going to happen if you're giving these academy guys a lot of minutes. Like, there's a balance you have to play here. So, you know, if you're playing a team like Amien and you 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 put on four academy guys and all of a sudden Amien's up 3-0 on you, like what happened in, uh, in February, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, my God, PSG are losing 3-0. This is a disgrace. It's league, you know. Fire Tuchel. Cool. It, it, yeah, it's really hard to do that. Like, you have to sort of pick. And if you're, you know, that's why you have an under-19 team. Like, that's the point, is those guys have to play. And you can give, I think you want to rotate those guys into to the squad. But it's not, like, easy to just give guys minutes. And everyone's okay with that. Like, yeah, that, that, that's kind of the situation, you know, Kwasi, he went to Bayern, fine. But that, what you're talking about, you're describing the Alshi's uh, situation where he wanted playing time and he's you've already talked about the midfield 
you know, we've got a four-man rotation basically. Where is he playing? He just there's nowhere for him to, to play in the first team, and he's not going to sit and, on the bench. And this is just sort of the reality of this, which is if you're paying Julian Draxler five million euros a year, are you going to play him? Or are you going to if it if it if it doesn't matter either way? Like if if the if the, if they're backups, regardless, nonetheless. I'm going to play the guy that I'm paying. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to play the guy that I'm paying money to as opposed to the guy that I'm not. Like, that's just logical common sense. Because, the, again, the likelihood of these academy players making it is just, so, it's really hard. It's not yeah. easy to do this. And I like what Tuchel's done. I think he's gotten all those guys' minutes. You know, Pembele got a little time. Uh, Umbe So has gotten a bunch of time. He's got a goal. Um, Kai's Ruiz got time. Uh, Calamundo got time. Um, I know they're going to sign Edouard Michou at some point. Yeah, he's he'll, another young kid that's really. He'll get some. He'll, hopefully, in hopefully he'll get a lot of under nineteen work, and then he'll get some minutes later in the year. Like you can only do so much. That's kind of the problem. You can only do so much when you're a team like PSG, where you're a super club. <laughs> what super club? you know, pumps players from their academy into their first team. It just doesn't happen. Manchester United, but they're... Well, it's it's starting to work for them. <laughs> yeah. But it take, but you see how long it takes. Chelsea, a little bit. A little bit, but again, you see how long it takes. Yeah. Like, Chelsea went through a bad two-year stretch by their standards before, you know, you got those guys ready. Same thing with United. It takes a while. Like, I don't think PSG fans have those that patience... Very impatient group we are. I don't think they have that patience. I, I just don't. I think that's the catch-22. But to kind of get it back to the to the uh, scrimmages, I think, I think what you need to see now is, you know, I think you saw, I, as I said, they're passing those tests, those early, those early first three tests. And it's now, you know, it's now about going – to these cup finals and they need to win these cup finals i think mm-hmm. like you don't want to stumble now because it's really hard to to come back from the stumble you can but it just it puts every you want to you want to take steps forward you don't want to start taking steps back and now that the games count like sentencien's not a joke they'll they'll play this final hard you know that it's europe on the line for them like they can get in europa league with this like they're gonna play hard for it and Leon know that they're that's their warm up for uh, Juventus, and right now Juventus doesn't exactly look like mm-hmm. they're you know shocking. You know they're not they don't look awesome. Yeah, Tyrone on the PSG talking said he wouldn't be surprised if uh, was it they're playing Leon. He, he wouldn't be surprised if Leon go on and finish them off and advance to the quarterfinals. I, I wouldn't necessarily be either with and... uh, Memphis Depay coming back. Yeah, I think Lyon are going to come out in the Coupe de la Ligue and play hard. I think PSG are going to have two really tough matches here. That and, and that's good. You want tough matches. You don't want to keep playing Waslan Beverin and La Havre. <laughs> you want tough matches. So it's like let's get these. Let's get to these matches. These are the ones that count. These are the. These are really the prep matches. These are the, where PSG are going to have to really look like a team that's capable of winning the Champions League and. It might not be pretty, but they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to do the things necessary. They're going to have to defend. They're going to have to they're going to have to 
keep midfield control. They're going to have to play, you know, 75 to 80 minutes each. You get the five subs, but, you know, somebody's going to have to go. Some of these guys are going to have to go full 90. And, you know, here's where the tests start. Here's where the major tests start. Yeah, that my biggest concern, I agree with everything you said. There's there's nothing that PSG has done in these three friendlies that would make you think that they're not ready to go up against, you know, the two opponents in the cup finals and then eventually the Champions League. I mean, they have checked every box that you would possibly want to see. The only problem is is you cannot emulate what Atalanta does offensively and they haven't really been challenged by a team that's really strong going forward. I think Leon is probably going to be their biggest test defensively. And they desperately need that. They need a team that's going to come at them and challenge them. And we need to see the back line uh, yeah. pressured and see what they can do. Um, and that's going to be and, it. And it's different, though. I don't think Leon is a – it's not a like-for-like like no. with Atalanta. It's a very different way. Atalanta, the more I watch them, the more I think PSG are very much uniquely capable of, of neutralizing them. In the sense that Atalanta is not, they are not fast. They're just not. They are not going to counter you with two passes, which is to me, PSG's still their defensive weakness is the counter and being hit on the counter with speed and having Marquinhos and Silva backpedaling and them bypassing the midfield, getting right to that back four. Atalanta doesn't do that. Atalanta's strength is Zapata. Mm -hmm. It's getting getting good passes, getting into the opponent's half, getting the ball to Zapata, who can is he just I, I didn't again not a dude I watched a lot of, but like he can really dominate, like physically. He's like. I don't like to make these kind of comparisons, but he's, he, he kind of reminds me of Lukaku a bit mm -hmm. in the sense that he just can physically take the game over if he's, out of, if he's at his prime level. Or, like, maybe Zlat, not, Zlatan did it in a different way, but, like, maybe like a Diego Costa kind where you, like, big physical back-to-goal can hold the ball up, gifted passer – Midfielders can run around him. They can make runs off of him. Tight passing in tight spaces. PSG play against that a lot in practice because it's essentially how PSG's midfield operates. So, like, they can, they've seen that style. It's not a different style than they're used to. I think that PSG have athletically the ability, like with an Idrissa Gay and a Marco Verratti, to, like, go step for step with them. Mm -hmm. So I think if we, you know, we're not doing the Atlanta preview yet, but <laughs> I think there's a unique ability here. I think there's a unique advantage that PSG has in this matchup. Like, I think it matches up PSG or, you know, and then Atalanta are not going to be able to keep up with the speed going the other way. Yeah. I mean, can you believe that um, Zapata joined in January for like, what was it 12 million euro something like that from uh sam doria you talk about a great january signing you don't often see them but he i think i tweeted out he 
he's going to be a problem for PSG. Um, yeah. I think, espe- I think especially if Thiago Silva, I mean, I, I, I know we all love him. I just don't know. Just after seeing what Haaland did to him, a big physical guy with some pace to him, I just wonder if Silva can handle that kind of attacker. I mean, I don't think he can. I, I think we're pretty clear on that. I don't think he can do it. You need Kimpembe. You need Marquinhos. I, I, I think you do. I think that's your – look, that's your defensive back pairing of the, of the next three years. So why not just go to it now? Mm-hmm. Like why are you – I don't think it makes sense. And I'm not going to yell at Thomas Tuchel about a decision he hasn't made yet. Yeah. But to play a guy who's out the door in a Champions League match – with a team that has a guy like like uh, Zapata who can just bully you physically. He's a nightmare to deal with. When the guy's when Thiago Silva's thirty five and he can't do what he used to do anymore. He's just not physically that guy. Never really was, but he, he can't make up for it even with yeah. speed anymore or with his wit. Like that would be a real like I That'd be a real head-scratcher. Again, he hasn't made that decision, so you can't criticize him for a decision he hasn't made. But I think what we've seen here and I, is that you know Silva still has the ability to do some things in an open game. But I don't want to put – you know watch that corner again, the one that Celtic almost scored on. Yeah. Silva just gets balled over. Like he just – like he physically – like he can't – he – Having him in there for set pieces is going to be a problem. And Atalanta seemed like they can really put a set piece in. So you need a guy that can, like, jump and actually do stuff as opposed to somebody who's sort of sedentary on the ground. Agreed. And today um, was his last game, Thiago Silva's last game at the Parc des Princes. Um, So they gave him a little bit of a a farewell. But, yeah, I would echo those same. But that's good for them. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been – a great player. It's just yeah. it's not the right matchup. But if PSG goes up against um, Atletico Madrid in the next round, maybe that's a team that he fits better with. But against Atalanta, with with the players that they have and the creativity and the, the intricate passing and the speed, it's just not a good fit. So I would go elsewhere. But uh, Mark, let's keep it moving here. I wanted to get your thoughts on on the new kits, and I think you tweeted out earlier today that you you had an experience with the new shopping website that PSG with Fanatics. I want you to talk a little bit about that, but I'll just real quick, just the overall kit. I think it's beautiful. Um, This is a kit that's been leaked, it seems like for months now. Um, DJ Snake tweeted out and kind of let everyone know, you know, confirmed that that was going to be the design. But it is traditional, exactly what you would want in a a PSG kit. I can't find a single thing wrong with it. the only thing that I'll point out is on the Fanatics website, a little disappointed I can't get the League on uh, badge on the sleeve. So if they could add that, if you're listening, Fanatics, definitely add that. They, they, they didn't have the League One Championship badge? No, I, like, I'm on the website right now. If I want to buy one, they I don't see it unless I'm – maybe hang on. Let me hit personalize. Maybe that's, you have to personalize it. You'll, is that what it, it is? Yeah, you have to personalize it. I take it back, Fanatics. If yeah, you, you can get it. There it is. There it is. Okay, I take everything back, Fanatics. I'm going to buy – I think I'm going to get a, a Kim Pembe jersey. But, Mark, walk us through your experience with the Fanatics website. What does that well, mean for well, you as no, fans? This is, this is important. This, yes. is actually a, this is actually a big deal because for those of us who have been trying to order PSG stuff over the years, <laughs> yes. 
if you or first of all, the way it used to work was that PSG had a North American website, a, a North American shop, which would get everything on like a month and a half to two months delay. And then you'd have the website, their usual shop, which was European. So you could either or you could either, you know, shop in French or you shopped in English. And you would have to pay $30 for international shipping. So if you wanted to buy a kit, you're paying the you're paying it first of all you're paying it in euros. Mm-hmm. Second, you're paying it in euros, so it's already more expensive. And now you're paying it in euros with personalization with thirty dollars shipping. So what I would have to do is wait for it to come into one of like the soccer shops in where I live and buy it there, or wait a little bit, or you know buy it off another website. This is much better. Because you and I'll I'll do the plug for you know for what they're doing. Go to PSG you know to the PSG's website. Go to their shop. It's a it's run through Fanatics now, which is essentially for those of you who may not know, is a sort of a. They're like the major merchandise. Um, I don't know if they're the makers of it, not really, but they're like the major merchandise distributors. They're like the middleman, but they do. Fanatics does make sports stuff like under their own brand but they just yeah. license stuff and they make it easier to purchase it's like the amazon yeah. of sports merchandise no it's it's great because they they're the ones that do like the nfl websites and the mlb websites headquartered so, like, in jacksonville of all places yeah. florida no it's yeah it's this is much better because it shows you what it is in u.s dollars you can pay through paypal you can i i used a gift card that i got so I, I bought both kits. I bought the uh, I bought the home kit with Di Maria on the back, nice. and then the the, the the away kit I just left blank. But yeah, like it's a great it's a great kit. Like I and I'm not I, I've you're not a kit been, guy. I'm not a kit snob. <laughs> no, it's not that I'm not a kit guy. I'll buy the kit. Yeah, just, I'm not a snob about. Oh it. yeah, okay, yeah. Like I'll I'll wear whatever they you know whatever they set whatever they make I'll wear. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not like gonna go crazy about. Oh, this is a dis- you know this jersey is a disgrace to the club's history and stuff. But like this is this is good stuff. Like this is a, this everyone's happy with it. It looks great on TV. Oh. Like the the thing about a kit, the it has to look good on TV. It's not a good kit if it doesn't look good on television. Because the whole thing is that you want to see it on TV, and that's when you buy it because it looks good on television. Like, it, you it, uh, you know what I'm getting at, right? It like yeah. it has to it has to pop off the screen. It and looks kids- so classy, and and yeah. like you said, it just pops off the screen. It, screen it it is quintessential PSG. When you see it, you know what team it is, even without the badge there. It is perfect. Yeah, it's it, and they should stick to that kind of design. I think more because it does. It looks better than the skinny stripe. The skinny stripes didn't really like pop. Mm-hmm. Like there was that year, the, the year they brought Neymar in when they had the the one with like it was purplish with like the like the triangles in the middle. Yeah, it was like a little chevron effect or something yeah, like that. Yeah, wasn't great. And then I think they've gotten progressively better since that point. But yeah, it, you want you want something that people are gonna buy. You want something that looks good on TV so that it looks you know it that that pops. And this one does. It it checks all those boxes. 
and I go back to the fanatics thing. Make your product more accessible to a worldwide audience. This isn't this isn't hard. League on, are I, you listening? I'm still wondering why I there's no like league on store so I can buy a miniature replica of the Coupe de la Liga trophy. That is my dream. I want to drink coffee out of it. Make it happen. They, well, you know, we're, we're running out of chances here now. <laughs> you know, last last call, I guess, for that. It just but wasn't I, meant to be. I, no, it wasn't meant to be. It's just, and sometimes in life, that's how it works. But, yeah, like, I was able to order the uh, the face masks and the training shirt, too. Nice. And it was, like, it was simple. It was easy. Like, I didn't have to do, like, I didn't have to worry about international shipping. I didn't have to, like, register. You used to also have to, like, register a PSG account. Yes, yep. Which I would always forget, so I'd have to redo it every time. It's like, this is just way better, and they should have done this years ago. I think it's now... I gotta pull it up, because we did a story on it, and I think it's the most lucrative deal that Fanatics has done with a sports team. Give me one second, I'll pull it up here real quick. See, Um, I didn't know any of it. I just... Yeah, so here it is. So I, I wrote, quote, We don't know the details of the agreement between Fanatics and PSG, but in the report, a spokesman for the company said that it will be the largest financial commitment they've ever made to a club. To get an idea how much that might be, in, 20, in 2018, Fanatics and the University of Oregon inked a deal valued at $23 million. So whatever the deal is between PSG and Fanatics, it's more than $23 million. So again, the smartest guys in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Always. And if people don't get that, like, these guys are the smartest guys in the room. They know what they're doing. And we should also say that University of Oregon is basically bankrolled by Nike. So to be able to get more money than Oregon is pretty phenomenal. So but this is but this is you know, we, we we're we're all over the place with this show today, which is okay, I think. That's when, okay. It's all right. No one's listening so anyway. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the ain't that the truth. Um <laughs> Now, did you did you go vapor shirt or did you go home stadium shirt? No, I go the sta- the, I, the the vapor shirt's too tight. I don't yeah. need to have it. I don't need to have, like. I want something that's loose fitting. I don't want something that's like tight. I don't have that kind of physique. No, yeah, we're not. We can't all be Mbappe. And that, and just to wrap up this topic, I'll say don't underestimate how important classy, well designed kits are. Neymar is very much about culture and how he's looking and fashion and same with Mbappe and all that and when these guys come out and they are wearing arguably the best kit in the game and then they've got the Jordan brand kit you know it's just like kids here in the United States who maybe pick to go to University of Michigan or Florida because of the Jordan brand don't underestimate how important it is to have one of the most iconic kits in the game uh, and be able to wear that you know I'm not saying it's everything but I'm really interested, and I know that people are going to have I want to see what that third Louis Vuitton-looking kit looks like. Yeah. The purple. With, that's going to look bizarre. It might pop on the screen, though. It's not but something I, I would might, wear, but... No, it, it is. It, it looks like... it. I think it is like... It's like a... It's, it's something. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's going to look like... I think that's going to look ridiculous when it comes out. And I, I don't know if that's ridiculous good or ridiculous bad, but... The Jordan kits are always interesting. I actually think they're getting better at, at you know, they, they, they kind of go off the, wa- the wall a little bit with them, which is okay. Like, if you have the two really nice-looking ones, you can kind of go off the wall with the third jersey. I actually kind of like it when people go off, off the wall with the third jersey. Like, it, it's unique. It's different. 
Absolutely. Well, let's keep it moving here. We don't got too much time left here. I want to talk about the Mbappe news. Maybe we could even live with this story. It's kind of a big deal. But he tweeted out uh, that he is proud to be able to be part of this new chapter in the history of the club. And he tagged PSG and Nike football. And then together we are invincible, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the club. So all but confirming he will be at PSG next well, season. He, which, said it, he said it at halftime. And he said it at halftime. And it's... Not breaking news, probably why we didn't lead with it. Everyone assumed that he would stay for one more year. The question is, is he going to sign that extension for at least another year, maybe two beyond 2022? That's when his current deal runs until, same as Neymar. So that's the question everyone wants to know. Sure, okay, you'll be here one more season, but like, what are we doing with that extension? So what do you make of the news? What do you make of the timing of him announcing it? And what do you make of him not really saying anything about when an extension will happen, if at all. Well, again, I, I don't blame somebody for keeping options open, not making promises that they can't keep. Again, I'd rather you, you know, make a, I'd rather, you know, you uh, just be honest and truthful. And it's like Mbappe wasn't leaving this year. It's just the, the finances were never going to work for that. And actually, Real Madrid right now are like they're they're kind of fine, mm-hmm. like they're not in crisis anymore. Like they're, they're they've kind of figured certain things out for now. So maybe PSG get a little bit of a reprieve in in sense that it's not going to be twenty four you know twenty four seven like it's been the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But it's not you know it's nice for him to say. I think it's nice that I think what we're learning from Kylian Mbappe is that I think he's going to say what he, you know, I, I don't think he's, he's not going to lie. Like, I think he's, you know, he'll, maybe he'll speak in like, you know, maybe he'll speak a little bit cryptically, but you're not going to get somebody. I think that's just going to outright lie to you. Like, I think he's very, you know, if he says he's staying, you can pretty much take it to the bank that he's staying. Like, I don't think he's playing a game. Like, there's no game being played here. It's like, he, he, he knows he can stay another year. And obviously, this maybe gives PSG a little time to figure out how they're going to do the contract extension. I mean, what is there to figure out? You just go, if you're Nasser or Leonardo, you it's, go to it's, him, What do you no, want? But, no, it's, re- it's really more complicated than that. Because the, the easy part is you pay him more money than any footballer in the world. You pay him name more money. Yeah. That that's the simple part of it. Like that's the easy part. Okay. What's the hard part? In that sense. The hard part is does he what does he really want to do? What does he feel like you can pay you can tell him that you're paying him whatever money you want. But if his heart is set on sort of a plan of, you know, playing for PSG for a while, then going to Real Madrid, then going to here. You know, if he's more of a Ronaldo, where it's like Ronaldo stayed at Manchester United for what? Like six years, six, seven years or so. Then he went to Real Madrid for seven, you know, seven-ish. I don't even know the timeline, but, you know, I think he was at Real Madrid for a little longer than that. But then he goes to Juventus and then he'll go to another club. Is he like Neymar where it's like, okay, I went to Barcelona, I did that, now I want a new challenge? Or is he like a Messi where it's like, I, I'm i going to be a one-man you know, man club 
you know, a one man, a one club player. Yeah, it looks like Ronaldo was at Manchester United from 2003 to 2009, so about six years, and then from 2009 to uh, 2018, he was at Real Madrid. Yeah. So is is Mbappe going to do that? Is he going to say, "Well, I'm I'm going to stay at PSG for like another two more years and then go"? Because some people, you know, map their careers like that, and they're and they're very driven to say. I'm going to do this for this long and then I'm going to move on to this new challenge. Some people are like Messi where it's, or, you know, that guy from Roma that played there for like 20 something years where it's like, I'm a one person. I'm a one club man. It's what I, it's how I want to be in life. I, I like being here. I'm the star. So it, it depends on his preference. If he really wants to go somewhere else like Real Madrid and you know have that feather in his cap there's no amount of money you're going to throw at him that's going to have him stay so it comes down to I think sort of a, a let's put it like this it's a it's a it's a I'm stuttering here so you might want to cut some of this um, okay. I'm thinking um, it comes down to what's best for you right now but what also allows you to have some flexibility so does a two-year extension work you're gonna get paid more than any footballer in the world but you only have to to you know you only really have to commit to 2023 because then that's a year left on your deal and if you want to go we can sell you you know, mm-hmm. in in 2023. And that could benefit him because think about it. These clubs, Real Madrid is not immune to this. You know, the coronavirus has had a financial impact. And so they may not be in a place to spend upwards of $300 million for Mbappe just a year from now. So if Mbappe signs a one-year extension, so pushes it to 2023. Well, you don't sign the, the one-year extension. If See, that's the trade-off. Okay. That's what PSG is getting back. So by PSG paying Mbappe that money, you're keeping him for another two years and you're kicking the can down the road. Right. Which is what you want. You want another two years of relative stability where you don't have to really worry about it. And you can keep him and he's paid what he deserves to be paid, which is, I think, where they have to. That's the compromise. Which is yes, you're gonna have to. You're gonna sign for another two years. You like it here. We're bringing you good players. You know, you have a guy in Neymar that you know really helped your career and is really mm-hmm. making. And by the time you this deal ends, you'll be what twenty four. Yeah, plenty of time to go to Real Madrid. Right, you'll be right in your prime, and you'll be able to play there for six, seven, eight years of your prime if you want. If that's your plan. I mean, hell, I'd rather him stay for the rest of his career, but I'm not going to get greedy. So it's about it's about that sort of uh, middle ground. And with Neymar, I think it's a little different. I think it's like, I think Neymar could sign for much longer. Yeah, I think like, he looks at Barcelona is like, I want no parts of that dumpster fire. Yeah, but it's also like, who else is going to pay him? Right. You know. He, He's like, you know, he, he can be an asshole, but he's our asshole. Right. And, and after everything, like, like, Premier League fans have said, 
are like yeah. Manchester United fans going to welcome him with open arms? I don't think so. No, it's like I think he's found a good thing. I think he's figured out that he has like a good thing here now. And like if he signs till 2025, like I could see him signing the longer extension. Of course, yeah. And just and and playing it out through his prime and then, you know, figuring out where to go from there. But I that's going to be interesting. Um But yeah, I, it's good to see Killian um say that. I think it's good for PSG fans to hear that. I think sometimes the fans need some affirmation from their stars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, show that, you know, hey, we, we, you know, I love you guys. You know, I'm not going to leave you in the lurch here. I'll tell you what's going on. I think that's, that's good. Like, that's, that shows a maturity. I think that was good for him to do. Like, I think it's, he's, and again, I'm not one of those people that want, you know, want him to stay here forever. I want him to stay here forever. I'm not going to, like, be mad if he doesn't. But it's like, while he's here, he's showing respect. He's. You know, he, he enjoys it here. He likes the club. He likes the players he's playing with. So he does seem no happy re- other than when he's no, yelling at Tuchel. There's no reason to like, you know, tip the apple cart over. Like no. he, you know, let's, you know, I, I'm anxious to see if we can get an extension done, but Hey, if he's happy with where they are right now in the situation, you know, don't push it. Yeah. I would say the only thing that I think could make him not want to send, sign an extension, and it's actually a good thing, if PSG wins the Champions League this year, there's nothing else for him to do. He's won everything. And if the Ballon d'Or wasn't canceled this year, he probably would win that too. I think if he delivers a Champions League, then he'll feel like, I can't, I did what I came here to do. I gave you know, my club the first Champions League, and I'll go down in history. I'll be forever a legend at this club. And then there's not a PSG supporter out there that would be upset if he left for Real Madrid or whatever. So I think if, he, if that happens, he may be feel like, I need to move on. Well, and that depends. It, it, all, it also depends where you want to... It, it, it depends on a lot of things, and, I'm, and we're not in his mind. So maybe winning the Champions League in an abbreviated season will make him want to win it again in a regular format that's true maybe yeah. he'll want to win it in a, in a you know in a match where there's fans and the stands so yeah, i don't know what the thought process is but again happy to see him do something like that it, it's it was a nice treat to hear him say that yeah always good all right quickly 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 let's preview these cup finals we've got Didn't we already just do that did we preview it? you want to skip those I mean, we'll we get just just give me your your score psg saint etienne july 24th Coupe de France final. What's the score? All right. I'm going to go 3-0 Coupe de France final. PSG win. I'm going to go 2-1 PSG win extra time Coupe de la Ligue. Okay. I've got for PSG St. Etienne 4-0 PSG. There's no Saliba. So I think PSG is going to just run rampant. They're going to treat them like Celtics. So 4-0 in that one. And then PSG Leon. I'm a little closer, like like you're saying. I'm thinking maybe a 2-1 win for PSG. They're going to win both of these cups. And keep yeah. Leon out of Europe. So that's always a good thing. All right. That would so, be fun. That'd be nice. That'd be fun. I, I'd enjoy that. Um, quickly, let's go over and uh, answer some of these Twitter questions. So I, I sent out a, a tweet looking for questions at PSG Talk. Um, let me just look here real quick. 
This this person at Michael W. Fenske wants to know who are some of the players that PSG are going to have to keep a close eye on regarding Atalanta and what tactics, formation, players should Tuchel uh, deploy to achieve that or employ to achieve that. We we kind of talked about Zapata. Um, let's look at their roster here real quick. I mean, PSG's actually been linked. Gomez, they got that kid Gomez, the midfielder. Yeah. Um, they got the right. They got the right back. Castagne, is that, I'm sure I butchered his last name, but uh, the the, the other uh, Ilicic, mm-hmm. it's currently guys, but I think it's more. I don't think they have to change their tactics all that. I think PSG know what to do. Like they they've done it before. They did it against Liverpool. They did it against Dortmund. They did it against United. They've done it against all these teams. They know what to do. Yeah, it's just doing it at a high level. Like it's not it's not complicated. They're gonna they're gonna attack early. They're going to try to get on top of you. They're going to try to play good defense. They're going to stay. They're going to, you know, press when they can. They're going to try to trap when they can. They're going to play out from the back when they can. They're going to have Neymar, you know, do what he does. Like, this isn't, you know, I don't think there's anything special they have to do. I think they really just have to understand that when Zapata gets, and this is part of why I think Kimpembe has to play, which is you can't, like, throw three, four bodies at Zapata because then those other guys just get open. And then they got that kid off the bench, uh, Luis Muriel, who's like, has 18 goals off the bench. And, like, they have guys that can burn you if you collapse on Zapata. So you need a guy that can get the ball off of him. They've got they can guys. Play them one on, they can play them one on one, and they need a midfield that can cut those passes off to him. You know, it's the it's the it's the it's the boa constrictor, and it's the sort of you know cutting off the oxygen to the to the to the striker, which is the which is the formula. It's mm-hmm. what they've been doing, and they're going to keep doing it. It's just do they do it well? Yeah, um, at real underscore McCoy underscore thirteen said, uh, should Tiago Silva start? get the start against Atalanta and then someone responded it looks like an Atalanta fan account it's um at Atalanta geese we, we and, found one yeah well they're they're just like had like a smiling emoji and like a thumbs up so like even even the opponent is like yes please <laughs> please uh start Tiago Silva so hopefully we don't do that yeah um, I would yeah, a lot of these were like, what are your questions or what are your thoughts on New Jersey? Here's one um, from Christopher Dumas uh, at A-R-D-E-C-H football. What are my Liverts going to have to do to remain in the game on Friday and make y'all work for that trophy? Um, I mean, keeping 11 players on the field would be good. Um, Eduardo wrote a piece about their coach and his comments are like, hopefully no one gets a red card. I think every time we played them this season, um, they went down a man, which is never going to help your case. If you're going up against PSG and you're already undermanned in terms of talent, and then you go down a player, that's not going to help. So keep everyone on the, on the pitch would be good. And, um, you know, PSG haven't had the best of competition in these exhibition matches. So challenge them. Don't come out and just sit back, you know, try to punch PSG in the mouth and get them shaky. They haven't had to really defend in four or five months. So, like, this isn't your typical league on game. I mean, I think you could really jump on PSG from the beginning and and, and put them under some pressure. So I, that's what I think 
uh, St. Etienne should do. I don't know if they have the players to do that, but that's what I would encourage. What about you? Hell, they can try. What, what's there to lose? I mean, what's there to lose? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, someone with a crazy question. At T farnood 11 do you think paredes could possibly take over variety's spot he's been left out of the first team quite a bit in the friendlies i mean he, maybe in a friendly yeah, he could take I, a spot I, I but don't read into that <laughs> it's not it's not to be read into um it's more just sort of i i think what they're doing is they're having variety play with the second team so that the second team actually has chances to score and stuff <laughs> yeah like, i think that's what they're doing i think they're because he he, he He's the best player on that sec on those second teams, and he's just giving guys like, you know, he's just feeding Sarabia those easy goal chances, and he's um, dictating the tempo. And it's like you can't you can't just put out a whole team of second stringers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's because it doesn't look good. You want those guys to get reps, and you want to you like you want a guy like Cal Mwendo to play with a variety. You don't want him playing. That's how he gets better. Yes, like, agreed. That's how those. That's how like. You know, it's even made like Chupa Moting, who actually, of all the people who, you know, he's still on that two month deal. So he's not signed anywhere past that. That guy's looked okay. Not bad. Like, he looks like, you know what? For what they have, again, God forbid Mara Cardi gets hurt. You really don't want Chupa Moting to be your starting number nine so you would probably Mbappe you'd probably move Mbappe in there but for being like the sixth option and a guy that can like go in there and like he's actually like doing back heels and he's doing spin around goals and he's (laughs) volleys he's volleying the ball he's volleying the ball (laughs) like you know what he's kudos that guy has been treated sort of rough by the PSG fans, I think. Oh, because of that one miss a couple years ago. In a meaningless match. Yeah. In a meaningless match. Like, that guy was putting in shifts against Liverpool, (laughs) for God's sake, in, like, Champions League matches and not completely being awful. And people remember him from missing a game that doesn't matter. It's the way like it that, is. That, that, dude's an, uh, that dude's underrated. Like yeah. He's not underrated in the sense that he's like a great player or anything, but he's like he's not a joke. Like He's a legitimate like backup striker. We will not tolerate any Chupamoting slander no, on this I podcast. I'm, I'm dead serious about that. It's like that dude is – that dude is all right. And if they could like – I wouldn't be – it wouldn't be the worst thing if they signed him to a longer-term deal. Two-year deal? Why think, not? Like a two year, another two year. I don't know, but like, for what he is, good good soldier works hard. People like him. Yeah, I, well, you know, you have five like great attackers already, so it's not like he's you relying on him for anything. And he's happy with that. Yeah, like why rock the apple cart here? This is a guy that can do something for you like that. So he's, he's like I, Draxler, I just wanna... who's just happy to collect his money and never play. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that. I, I've, I, you know, Draxler, God, God bless him. Um, I, I've been on his side. I'm still on his side. I still think he can be great when the time, you know, at, at times he just doesn't have that in him. He's yeah. a good. He's a good, he's, a, he's too cerebral. He's too nice. He's like he's just like mellowed out now. He's like, all right, I'm cool with this. Collect my five million, super girlfriend. 
living yeah, in Paris. Yeah, why not? Life like, could be I, worse. People make that life choice. Not everyone's <laughs> intense about football. Not everyone could be like Kylian Mbappe. All right, last two questions. This one's from at Jay Katalinich, and he wants to know, is this the most hopeful the PSG fan base has ever been? I would say so. You got three games until – if you win three games, you're Champions League winners. And those three games, two of in those three games, two of them could be against Atalanta and at worst, maybe Atletico Madrid. Like I'll take that all day long. So super hopeful about that. We've looked great in these exhibition matches. We're gonna look great on the pitch in our new kit. Like everyone is healthy. Mbappe and Neymar are linking up. They're like the best duo in football right now. I'm super hopeful. I think we can win three trophies to close out the season. I think. We could go on to win the quadruple and shut all everyone up in the media. Like I'm super hopeful. Obviously, this is all going to be coming crashing down. We're going to lose in spectacular fashion. But right now, as of uh, what's today's date, July 21st, super hopeful. I think the fan base says. What do you think? Well, you know, from your mouth to God's ears, I guess. But <laughs> you know, hey, I I'm I, I'm hopeful. I, I'm I am hopeful, and I think even if they don't end up winning the Champions League, I think they're totally in the right. Like, I think they've got the right direction down. Like, it's just, you know, it's continuing to chip away. But it's like, they're in, they got, they've got something now. They, they're financially stable. They have a, you know, a great collection of, of great players. You know, the fan base is more engaged than it's ever been. It's growing at a rate that it's never grown before. So, like, yeah, be positive. There's a lot of good things going on right now. Don't, you know, don't dwell on the negative. There's There are things right now that you can, there's, you know, there's potential trouble ahead. But, you know, what's being a fan if you can't be hopeful once in a while? What's the uh, what's the thing that um, Jim Harbaugh says at University of Michigan? Who's got it better than us? <laughs> That's how I feel like. Like, what team in Europe's got it better than us right now? We've got, like, the two best players in the world. We're flying high right now. Yeah, but we can't like we. It's not like we can lose in the Champions League round of sixteen and then go like play in the Citrus Bowl and yeah. like get get a trophy. Or can we? But, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's actually more like if we lost to if we lost to Marseille every year. Oh God, yeah. Oh Ohio State, yeah. That, no, maybe that, that analogy well, isn't good. <laughs> it's not great. Not great. Forget I said that. Shout out to all you. Michigan fans. All right, last one comes from someone's Twitter handle that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, but at S-W-G-S-Q-N-H-L-N-S, Fret, whatever that means. They want to know, if we don't win the, the Champions League, what will happen to the team? I don't think a whole bunch. Neymar's going to be here. Mbappe's going to stay here. Maybe it's just more encouragement for Leonardo to go out and bring in some players. But I think he's already looking to fill in some of the holes in the squad. So I think even if you don't win the Champions League, I don't see a whole lot changing to this team as it's currently constructed going into next season. I think they're just going to run it back and hopefully in like a normal season, they think that they can win the Champions League. But what do you think? If, if they don't win the Champions League, do you see any major changes? No. Yeah. There's no time to make any major changes. There's the, yeah, there's no time. It's not it, it it's you know, I, I was thinking after that Dortmund loss that they might have reached the cycle in the sense that they that and but they're already naturally re, see they did reach the cycle in the sense that they were able to beat Dortmund. But also now your Thiago Silva's leaving. Cavani's leaving. So you are sort of recycling the team a little bit. Yeah. So it's not maybe Ma- massive change 
but you've already seen a mess. You've already seen change. Like those are like the two. Those are like the heart and soul of the club that's like leaving. All so, time you know, leading goal scorer. It's a big de- it's a big deal those two guys going. So it's like that's a major change already. Even if they don't win the Champions League, yeah. Even if they win the Champions League, those guys are already gone. So Thomas like, Mounier is gone. He's been here for a few seasons. So, you know, all those players will be there and I'm sure we'll have some some new players come in, maybe a right back midfielder and I guess we'll need a backup striker. So, I think we'll see a few new faces. Ariola is probably going to be going out. Maybe Draxler will finally end up at Arsenal after a decade of rumors. So, who knows? So, I think there could be some minor changes, but to the core of the team, the starting 11, I don't think you'll see too much and um They'll just have to come back stronger, and hopefully the coronavirus goes away and we can get a regular season in and win this damn trophy. Hopefully we do it this year, though. I I remain hopeful, back to that previous question. Um, Thank you, everyone, who sent in questions. Those were all really, really good. Mark, we're running a little bit long here, but go ahead and uh, plug your Twitter account. I think someone one question they wanted to know is, um, where's the guy? Um, At that New Yorker said you blocked him, so... um, (laughs) Let them know how other people can find you if they want you to block them too. Well, um, they can find me at Mark Damon one. And usually when I block people, it's because they personally insult me. Uh. So that's usually why it's you, you know, I, I'll take difference of opinion. I, I just, I, I feel like life's too short to, to argue with people that personally insult you in some way, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I can take a look at it. Maybe. Yeah, take a look at it. Stop bullying. That's not what Twitter's for. We're all just football. Banter's fine, but don't bully people. That's crazy. I don't bully. I, 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 adults don't bully each other. Adults just say stupid shit and get blocked. <laughs> like we're adults. It's just I, I. It's just it's how I. It's I don't take it personally in a sense. It's just how do I? You know how do I want to use my time? Exactly. Well, you're using it well. If you want, I I don't typically block. I just mute. I'm very passive aggressive in that way, so I am at PSG Talk. Um, so give me a follow. We send out all of our stories. You'll see the link to this podcast and uh, my thoughts on on the game. So, uh, like we've already said, the next game for PSG, just to wrap things up here, is July 24th against Saint Etienne in the Coupe de France final. Uh, should be some fans in the stadium. Should be fun. So, until then, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Au revoir for now. <laughs>